All right. So I'm situated here. Oh, Nick. Morning or afternoon. I keep on saying that. It's not the after- it's not the morning. Uh, good afternoon, church. <laughs> Welcome. Uh, if you do not know, my name is uh, Nick Potter, and from my accent, uh, you can tell that I'm from the states, uh, Canada. No, not Canada. Um, Where? Um, South Carolina. Woo. So uh, I'm getting situated real quick. Okay, sweet. So um, today, uh, me and uh, Andrew really wanted to talk about faith, and uh, it's. As, as Christians, it's so important to understand what what a biblical faith is. Uh, I know that um, we we've all heard of it, we've all understood it in some sense. But today, we're we're really going to talk about what faith is and what faith isn't. And so, uh, I I will be talking about right now what faith isn't, and uh, Andrew later will be talking about what faith is. But how, how do we define biblical faith? Um, I think that's the next slide. There we go. Click two more times. Yep, there you go. One more. Awesome. And so uh, I think Hebrew 11 is a great uh, you know, chapter on, really on faith. Uh, and so personally, as we read this, I, I think personally I like the first two translations the best. Um, you know, uh, first, uh, the first one says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things we have not yet seen. Now, so, so the author here is really describing faith as the substance of things to come, of the hope of things to come. So let's turn to uh, Matthew 14 real quick. We're gonna, this is the main passage we're going to read out of. Thank you. So as we turn here. Alright, so um, Matthew, Matthew 14 is a, is a great chapter on really of uh, Jesus' miracles. And we just get to see all these crazy things happening. Uh, and so right now I'm going to start reading verses... Uh, 22 to 23. It says, Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side. While he dismissed the crowd. After he dismissed them, he went up on the mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out uh, to them walking on the lake. Uh, When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Don't, Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come out to the water with you. Come, he said. Then Peter got out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. But the wind, but when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said. Why did you doubt? 
And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. And then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Uh, I love this story so much because, uh, you know, Peter is faithful. It, I'm not discounting his faith, but it, he, he almost had a lack of faith almost when he started sinking. You know, we see that the, the disciples just came back from feeding 5,000 uh, individuals, over 5,000. And then Jesus goes off and he, he just goes and prays. And then it says, it, some scholars believe it, this is like 3 a.m. Jesus comes out onto the lake and instead of walking around the shore, he's like, I'm just going to walk to them. I'm just going to go. And so Jesus starts walking on the water. But when they, but when they saw Jesus, they, they were afraid. You know, they, they saw the wind and the waves and, and they, they see this ghostly figure come at them and they're like, oh my goodness, what is happening? But Peter, after he heard Jesus, he went by faith and he stepped out of the boat with Jesus. Today we can learn some things about Peter. We can learn uh, what faith is and what faith isn't. So today I have uh, three points. Um, so the first one is faith is not listening to yourself, but rather listening to God. So we, we, we see in verse 24, there, there was a small storm that was really common back there, uh, back in that time and in that area where they were. And uh, the, the waves are hitting the boat and they're being tossed around. And some of these guys were, some of these guys were probably just scared out of their minds. And then all of a sudden, this ghost comes in. And they're like, "What? What is happening?" <laughs> so they're rocking back and forth, and, and it's dark. And, and suddenly, they see something. You know, if if this was me, I feel like I would just go out of the boat and just swim away. I said, "No, I'm not doing this." No, nope, bye. But uh, but after Jesus sees them, he says, "Take courage, it is I." Sometimes. Sometimes when we, when we lack faith, uh, that can hinder us a lot. You know, maybe you're scared or you're confused and, and then Jesus comes in and, and he says, uh, this is me, I'm here. And when, G- when Peter sees this, he, he finally understands, okay, I'm, I'm going to go there. I'm going to go with Jesus. And so after Peter sinks in verse 31, Jesus pulls him up and says, You have little faith. Can we get the next slide? So, so this, this phrase, little faith, uh, I did some uh, digging in their internet. Uh, and, the, and it's Greek, the Greek phrase here, I'm, I'm going to butcher this, aligapostas. I'm pretty sure that's right. If you're Greek, I'm sorry. Uh, and um, this this occurs five times in the New Testament. All the and each time is uh, Jesus rebuking the problem of not listening to his voice. Now it describes someone who is disinterested and in walking intimately with the Lord. Sometimes, uh, I, I don't know about you guys, I, I can find myself having a little faith. And which is still good, it's still faith, it can lead to doubt. Now Peter had faith, but it was just a little faith. 
A biblical commentator wrote once uh, about this scene. He says, it was, it was not the violence of the winds, nor the raging of the waves, which endangered his life. This is Peter he's talking about. But, it, it his, but his littleness of faith is what endangered him. Now, how, is your, how about you today? How is your faith? Do we continue to listen with Jesus and walk intimately with Him? Or is our little faith turning into doubt? So now the question is, okay, how, how do I listen to the Lord? How, how do I get and understand what He says? Uh, very clearly, it's the Bible. If you all along you, you read that uh, this is Jesus talking, this is uh, God talking to us, speaking to us. You know, if I, I, me personally, if I'm not reading my Bible constantly, if I'm praying constantly, I, my faith can just dwindle down so much. You know, and, and it can sometimes dwindle to the point where I just doubt God's power. I'm sorry, I, I don't know if God can do this. I don't know if this is possible. You know, doubt literally means, in, in uh, this sense, uh, to divide into two. Whereas true faith is single-mindedly focused on God. We must continually go to God for our strength and listen to His voice. So the second point is, uh, faith is not relying on your own strength, but relying on Christ. So in verse 28, uh, Peter at first turned to Christ in comfort and saying, Lord, if it's you, you know, call me out there. I want to walk with you. I want to be with you. And as he started to sink too as well, he called to the Lord. He called to Jesus. You know, Peter understood this part of faith actually as he relied on Christ. Can we go to the next slide? So another word that I looked up on the internet. So that our English word rely uh, has come from the French, old French word relier, which means to bind together. I don't know if you can see that. I'm so sorry. Uh, but it means to bind together. And so it, it is sort of like when, when I'm uh, relying on someone, I'm binding myself to them. You know, when Peter was in need, he didn't fight on his own. He didn't get himself out of the water, but he relied on Christ to help him out in faith. But when we rely on ourselves, we're basically binding ourselves to ourselves, and then we're just not asking for it in faith. Can we get to the next slide? So, uh, very quickly, we're going to look at James 1, 5. James is a, a powerful uh, writer. So it says in chapter 1, verse 5, he's talking about uh, if we lack wisdom. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding faults, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts is like the wave of the sea, blown and tossed in the wind. A person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable, and they do. 
and all that they do. That's a that's a very powerful scripture. You know, James is James is saying, hey, if you want wisdom and you do not ask in faith, you will not receive it. How is our prayer life today? You know, sometimes I can I can get into this uh, rhythm of uh, man, I I just don't want to pray, uh, and you know, it's just bad. But if I'm not totally relying on God, then I am rocked by the waves, and I'm not effective. So, and, and sometimes when this happens, I, sometimes I, I say things like, uh, if God isn't going to work, then I'm not going to pray for it. I think sometimes I can see that in this church, that, that we haven't seen something, and we haven't noticed something, and, and sometimes I'm just not going to pray for it. Uh, here's a quote from a 19th century preacher, Spurgeon, that's his name. He says, if you can click the next slide. He says, you know to your friends that there is a way of praying in which you ask for nothing and get it. Now, who are you relying on? You know, I can stop praying to God and trying to use my own, thing, my own strength to get things done, but it just doesn't work. You know, what, what can I do that God can't? You know, imagine if Peter, imagine if Peter was just sinking in the water, and he's like, no, God, I got this. You know, you, you just walk to the boat, I, I'm, I'll, get, I'll meet you there in a second. You just do your thing. <laughs> like, what, imagine if Peter said that. Where would he be? You know? But I, I, I don't know about you guys, but I'll be like, Jesus, help me right now. You're right there. Please help me. And so uh, I, I want to ask you again, whose strength are you relying on? Are you relying on your own strength or, but, or Christ's? My last point, uh, next slide, is faith is not focusing on the bad, but focusing on Jesus. In verse 30, we, uh, again, we, we see the winds and the waves, and, and uh, you know, the, Peter begins to sink. And once Jesus brought him out, he, he, com- he commented on his little faith. Now, Peter's little faith caused him to be distracted from Jesus. He had a divided mind. You know, his little faith led into doubt. Church, some of us can have doubt today. Amen? I, I know I'm not alone in this. <laughs> but sometimes when, I, when, when my faith is so small, and yes, it's faith, but when it's so small, my faith, my, my attention can be divided. And sometimes I'm not focusing on God anymore, but I'm only focusing on myself and the storm around me. You know, sometimes the faithful prayers stop. Sometimes the excitement to do God's will ceases. And we become dull to the miracles of Christ. We start saying things like, I I know God can do great things, but I don't think He can do that in my life right now. We get too focused on politics, on school, our favorite TV shows, and even ourselves sometimes. Sometimes. 
But are we focusing on the Lord? Uh, you can go to the next slide. So, so I don't know if y'all know this, but I'm from Charleston. I think I've said that about a thousand times. And so uh, there, there's Charleston right there. Um, and uh, it's a great city. But two years ago, a tragedy happened uh, in the city of Charleston. A young man entered a church uh, during a Bible study and, and uh, killed nine people during their Bible study, uh, including their, the church leader. Now, everyone was blindsided. That, that's the church right there, Emmanuel, Mother Emmanuel, Amy Church. Now, everyone was blindsided by this. Uh, no one really knew what to expect. Can you go to the next slide? But just a week after uh, the, the tragedy happened, they opened up their doors again for the first time since the attack. Reverend uh, Norvell Goff, successor to the late Clementa Pigney, led the service that Sunday, as you can see him right there. A time that was difficult and hard to understand what was happening. Amazing enough, the theme of the, the service was uh, overcoming evil with faith. Goff said in his sermon, it is by faith that we are standing here, and it is by faith that we are here. It has been tough, it has been rough, but through it all, God has sustained us. Church, what are you focusing on? Who are you focusing on? Who is sustaining you? You know, are we walking on the water with Jesus? Are we too focused on the waves on the side? You know, I, I really appreciate the Emmanuel Church. They, they have taught a lot of things to Charleston. You know, if the Emmanuel AME Church, after an amazing tragedy like that, continue to press on through faith, so can we. So in closing, I, I want to close out in Hebrews 12. It's one of my favorite passages of all time. So in verse 1, it says, Therefore we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Let's throw off any, everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such an opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary or lose heart. You know, this was written right after uh, chapter 11 when we first started about learning about faith. I feel, I feel like the, the writer of Hebrews understood this point. Now, in verse 2, Jesus is, he says that, that Jesus is the pioneer and the perfecter of faith. You know, and so as, as we're closing out today, uh, and we're about to get Andrew up here, uh, let us remember that faith is not listening to the noise around you, but listening to God. Now, faith is not relying on your own strength, but relying on Christ. And finally, let's not focus on the bad around, but let's focus on Jesus so we won't grow weary in heart. Amen.
Yes, that works. Good. Amen. Can we thank Nick again for that wonderful... Gonna set myself up. So it's good to be back. That was like a stand-up act. I just took the microphone out. I'm just like, I'm not gonna tell jokes, guys. It's okay. It's okay. Um, for those, for those of you who don't know me, my name's Andrew, and uh, I'm a fourth-year uh, student at the University of Birmingham, studying Russian and politics. And um, I just spent the last year out in Russia um, as part of my degree, um, and it was incredible just to see a different culture and a different church and the way things are done there I mean we're all brothers and sisters amen but at the same time there's things that are just done differently as well and what I love about it is that we're all united by Christ we're all united by that blood and um, yeah, I was upon coming back you know I'd already kind of started thinking about what I wanted to talk about today and we'd spoken with the brothers and uh, Nick said you know what it would be a good idea to talk about faith and I, I would like to join in that because I think faith is very important amen and so um, just before we kind of get into this, um, let's just open up the word again. Um, let's go to Ephesians chapter 2. Now we will, we will read verses 8 to 9. Uh, forget about 10 there. So it says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that none of you can boast. Um, one thing I realized here is faith is a key component in our Christian lives. It is our part. Um, grace is provided by God. And of course, you know, and rightly so, Paul teaches the, um, the, um, the church in Ephesus about the fact that grace is from God. And so, you know, you're saved by grace. Amen. That's great. But at the same time, you have to receive the grace through faith. And faith, uh, I realized one thing that I was uh, thinking about when I'm um, praying about uh, doing this today. I thought of a, a story that I'd like to tell you. A uh, very simple story. It's not a deep narrative or anything like that, but it's an image that I'd like you to have in your heads. Think of this as a voyage that you have set off on to another land. We all, we all as people, we live lives and we all grow and, and age and, and you know each people we have. We know, each person in here has different uh, a different level of experience. Um, and so that, that kind of goes with the fact that you know, we've lived longer and we're further on in our journeys. And that journey is like, you know, you're on a boat. You're sailing off to another land. And you want to get to that land. And so I guess as Christians, you know, we'd say that land is, is, is being with God. Going to heaven. Um, and one thing I realized when I was thinking about this was um, faith is your anchor. And if there's one thing I want you to understand from, from what I speak about today... And what I really feel God is trying to share with you guys today is that faith is your anchor. It's each and every person's anchor in this room. Each and every one of us, we have our boat. We're sailing off somewhere and we all have our own anchors. And one thing that really helps me to kind of picture this is where are you anchored? Where do you set down when the storm comes? Where do you set down when you realize that things aren't as, as well as they should be and, you know, something's going wrong here? We have trials and tribulations as people in this world. People suffer. Um, some more than others. And some, you could say, is more visual than for others. But we all have our own tra- challenges. Amen? And I think uh, one thing that really kind of helps me with this is that, you know, the storm comes and I am anchored in Christ. That grace that it speaks of in Ephesians chapter 2 over here is that my anchor, my faith is in God. And that's what 
I wanted to share about faith today, really. That's the main central point that I'd like to kind of uh, un- uh, um, use to unite this entire sermon. Is that that anchor, it is you relying on God. That anchor is you listening to God. That anchor is you focusing on Jesus, not being negative. And so, uh, one thing that I really liked about kind of what happened with Nick sharing before is that he used the situation uh, where you know Peter walked on water. And you see, uh, you see a moment where obviously he wasn't anchored; he was sinking. Um, and that that really helps out with the image in my head that I have about this idea that my anchor needs to be in Christ, because that way I will be steady. That way I will see safety. I will be fine. And um, one thing I really wanted to do with you guys today is I wanted to unpick a situation where we know what faith is. So, kind of, uh, Nick showed us about what faith isn't. Um, and now we're going to talk about what faith is. And so turn with me to Luke chapter 7, verses 1 to 10. And so it says, When Jesus had finished saying all this to the people who were listening, he entered Capernaum. There's a centurion's servant whom his master valued highly was sick and about to die. The centurion heard of Jesus and sent home elders of the Jews to him, asking him to come and heal his servant. When they came to Jesus, they pleaded earnestly with him. This man deserves to have you do this because he loves our nation and has built our synagogue. So Jesus went to them. He was not far from the house when the centurion sent friends to say to him, Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. That is why I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you. But say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, um, I tell this one, go and he goes and that one come and he comes. I say to my servant, do this and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him and turning to the crowd, followed him. He said, uh, sorry, turning to the crowd, following him, he said, I tell you, I have not found such great faith even in Israel. When the men who had been sent returned to the house and found the servant well. Um, I remember um, studying this out about a year ago and I remember being very uh, caught and uh, gripped by this just the faith of the centurion here. So I think it's amazing. We have to kind of unpick this now. You have to understand here is that in the New Testament, when you'd see Jesus encountering people, he was amazed by two kinds of things. How much faith you lacked or how much faith you had. So either you had great faith or little faith. And here the centurion clearly had great faith. Um, even and, and, and it was so great in the sense that he'd sent servants forward and they kind of said, come to the house. But the centurion even knew that Jesus was far more powerful than just getting him to come to the house to heal his servant. He already knew that Jesus could say the word and his servant would be healed. And one thing I realized here is when you're... When you're I, 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 I try to imagine myself in the position of the centurion. And he must have been going through so many things in his head because, you know, this is a Roman. He's in charge of, you know, a certain amount of soldiers. Um, and he has kind of his reputation. And imagine what faith it must have taken for him to go to Jesus now when kind of he's, the servants are on their way. And they, they have just about enough faith just to get Jesus to come to the house to, to, to heal the servant. But this centurion goes, it's like, you don't even need to come to this place. 
I know how powerful you are. I know that you can do all things. And I know with the click of a finger, you can save my servant. And imagine then also that his reputation is probably on the line because, I mean, it wasn't very common for Romans to mix in with the Jews. Imagine what it must have taken for him to go up to Jesus and say, Lord, heal my servant, please. I mean, that is unheard of. Imagine asking someone that you've never really spoken to and you don't usually mix in with. And I, I, I kind of uh, felt this when I was in Russia. Is uh, My Russian at the time, when I first moved there, wasn't that great. But when I kind of got there and I started to get to grips with things, I started to find that, that um, you know, people were kind of taken aback then when my Russian got better. And I started to say things and, and ask things of people. And it's like, oh, wow, like you've really kind of gotten into this. Uh, and one thing I really praise God for in, in, in my year in Russia was the reason why it was probably the greatest year of my life and at, at the same time the most challenging year was because I just had to get stuck in this is what the centurion did he got stuck in he understood that something was on the line and he, had to, he needed to do something about it and the same thing I feel like uh, when I was out there in Russia I had, I had situations where I really didn't know what I was doing um, you know I mean, it is, it, to me it's a foreign country I was brought up in the UK uh, London and and that was that's been home for me. And now obviously Birmingham's home for me, and I'm glad to be here. But when I was there, I had to make that place home for me as well. And I think this is what the centurion did as well. Is he made that place home by faith? He didn't necessarily care too much about the fact that uh, that people would think, you know, oh, what's the centurion doing going up to the Jews and talking? I mean, he might have. I don't know what. I, you don't even know what happened after him later. Uh, sorry, um, to him later, after he'd, uh, he'd done this and he'd spoken to Jesus. I mean, you could imagine, maybe he might have been told off by his, you know, by his uh, colleagues. You could imagine that he, you know, it might have not gone down so well. But in the end of the day, he understood that there's an authority. God is that authority. We are all sailing. Whether we like it or not, we're all, we all have a journey to complete. And we need to think wisely about what decisions we're going to make. Are we going to, you know, be brave and kind of... Uh, where I, you know, live, out, uh, live through the storm, even though you need to be anchored in God? Or are you going to, instead of being proud, anchor yourself in Christ? Go to the source of where true life is. That is where our faith should be. It should be in God, right there. In His anchor, right there. And that really helps me to understand that in the end of the day, nothing matters more than Jesus. So, for example, students, you know, I mean, who here studying right now is taking exams or, you know, in school, who, just by a show of hands, doing something. So, there's quite a few of us near the front. Great, I'm preaching to you guys. Um, we all, at university, I feel like, or at school, we have pressure. The world come, comes down on us. And in those moments, we have to stand for something. And right here, this is what the centurion shows to us we need to do is we need to stand we need to step out in faith and not follow the crowd because he took a risk and Jesus quite clearly was amazed by it he was impressed so there must have been something here this must mean that faith is important if Jesus is making such such a comment about oh my goodness I've never seen such great faith it means that we need to find what we stand for. If you're uh, you know, here for the first time, uh, welcome. 
And uh, I just wanted to say to you, uh, find that. Find that place where you need to anchor yourself. Find uh, what you believe in. Ask the questions. Because when the storm comes, and they, they come, life has its challenges. Where are you? Are you rooted with God? Is He saving you? And so, as I kind of close out, I want us to all think about, even as disciples, where, where are we with God? Have we pulled our anchors back out? Are we trying to sail again by ourselves? Are we not relying on Him? That, that means we need to start thinking about where we are, you know, how far we are on our journeys. Understand, if you're not anchored, then when the storm comes, there's no salvation for us. Because in the end of the day, the warning signs came. And we had time to respond. If we didn't get our anchors down in time, what next? I fully do not know. But I know that it's just better to be anchored. Amen? Amen. And so that's all I wanted to say. Two scriptures, very simple. Uh, a central point to kind of unify everything we said is that faith is our anchor. Where you anchor it is up to you. You make a choice. The centurion made his choice and he acted. We all have a choice in front of us today. We all need to act. That's it. Um, uh, thank you very much for, for listening. Um, so we're going to close out now with a song. Go for it, yeah. Before the song, before the song, uh, yeah, it's been great to come together here. Uh, our church used to meet here a while ago in the afternoon, and uh, but just for today, we wanted to have a special student-led service, and so we thought this would be a great uh, location uh, for our student population. So um, thanks so much uh, to all the students who did a great job leading the service today, from the singing to the welcome, communion, contribution, Nick and Andrew. Uh, you know, I like to say, you know, as the church gets older, we have to stay young. And it's encouraging. Uh, our church is celebrating 30 years next year. But it's encouraging to see in, in a church uh, that has old and young that we're, we're working together, we're forging ahead, uh, that we, we respect and we lift up the young people in our church. And I think our church today, by coming to this service, shows that. Uh, and so thank you so much to all the students uh, who led us today in worship uh, and the preaching of the Word. Uh, what a great time it's been. Uh, but we're not done. After the uh, final song, we're going to have some food uh, in the back as a uh, food that everyone brought. So please stick around, have some food, and have some fellowship. Uh, we do need to be out of here at 5 p.m. Uh, so I just ask that uh, as you're done eating, clean up the mess that you made. Uh, St. Mary's is gracious to open up their building to us. Uh, this is a beautiful building that's been here a long time. Let's please leave it as we found it. Uh, and so every little bit of rubbish, uh, food, things like that, please just be mindful and careful, especially parents with small children, because uh, we all know the kind of havoc they can wreak uh, on all kinds of surfaces. So, uh, so let's just be mindful. Uh, so by 4.45, let's really work together to clean up the place and be out of here by 5. Uh, so I'll pray for the food here in a moment. We'll have one more song. Uh, just a few things to be aware of. If you're visiting with us today uh, and you're a student, we have a couple um, discussions we're starting called FaceTime, not the FaceTime you're used to. Uh, what it is is a discussion where uh, we're, we're trying to get people to talk face-to-face and discuss real-life issues. We're going to talk about things that affect young people. Uh, it could be politics. It could be uh, school. It could be anything. And then what we're going to do is, what, toward the end of that discussion is bring in a scripture or two to help you see how the Bible is really relevant and helpful as you're facing life. And so we're going to be starting two different studies. Uh, the one at University of Birmingham just up the street is Tuesday at 1 p.m. at the Costa in the Sports Center. 
uh, there at the, the table area. Uh, just be looking for your friends or myself at that. And then on Thursdays at 1 p.m. at uh, BCU down in the city on the third floor lounge area next to the lift. So if you have questions about the BCU one seat, oh, second floor, second floor, thank you. BCU student clarified that. It's the second floor, not the third. Um, amen. So seat Nick for the BCU one. If you have any questions, and feel free to see me. Uh, and hopefully we'll see a lot of students out uh, starting this week uh, for our FaceTime. Uh, next slide here. Uh, we also uh, have the Gospel Showcase coming up next weekend. Uh, you can sign up for that. You can buy tickets today in the back. See David Brewster. It's a uh, celebration of, of Christian music and uh, food and a great time. And it's a fundraiser for Hope Worldwide, which is a lot of good things uh, for people who are in need. So uh, that's coming up uh, this Saturday. You can go to our website, BirminghamChurch.org.uk. If you have any questions about that or other events. Uh, lastly, uh, two, two things. We have midweek uh, this Wednesday at Hansworth School of Girls where we normally meet. Uh, it's Wednesday uh, coming 7.15 for a 7.30 start. We're going to be picking back up into Disciple Makers. We were doing that last spring as a church. Took a break for the summer. We're going to be starting that back up. So dust off your Disciple Makers packets and uh, review Guard the Gospel. We're going to finish that up together as a church uh, starting uh, this Wednesday. I look forward to seeing everybody there. And then next Sunday we're not back here. This is a one-off service here at St. Mary's next Sunday. Please join us again for service. We'll be back at Hansworth Girls, same location at 4 p.m. Uh, next Sunday, our usual time and place. Um, we look forward to seeing everybody back next Sunday. I think those are all the announcements. Is there one more slide? Yes, I was wrong. One more slide here. Um, the students are having a retreat coming up. We have uh, over 100 students from all over the U.K. coming together at Smallwood Manor, which is not far from here. A lot of our students will be going to it. Uh, so students get registered at iccmissions.org. All the registration is online and the costs are there. And if you're visiting with us today and you're a student, find out some of those details and come join us. It's a great time. We have guest speakers from Belfast, Ireland. Uh, the prices, Mulligan and Joe, who do a phenomenal job preaching the word to us. And a great time will be had by all. Let's go ahead and stand for one more song. And then we'll have a great time of uh, food and fellowship. And I'll ask the song leader to pray for the food uh, before they lead the song. <laughs> Let us pray then for the food. Uh, Heavenly Father, thank you so much just for this wonderful day, uh, for the student-led service, and I really am grateful just that we could uh, meet here, uh, sing together, uh, worship you, and, and listen to your word. And I pray, Lord, that um, most importantly, you'd be glorified, that you'd be in our hearts, Lord. And I pray for the time of fellowship after, after the service, bless the food, and bless our conversations and our time together, Lord. I'm grateful for this facility and for just the fact that we could be here today together. And it's in, it's in your son's name I pray. Amen. Amen.